amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, everybody. This is the second week of this season of Try This on Wisp Sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kirsten Lauritsen, and I have some great news this week. If you've been tuning in since the last episode, we I'm giving you an update of where we're at, how uh, each week, what I've been experiencing as far as training for a triathlon, and then we'll talk about our main portion of this podcast today, which is basically like the most the question I get asked the most, which is why I. Man, like, why did you choose to do that? And then, if we do get a chance, we'll also talk about what it was like training in 2020. So, and into 2021, because we're not quite out of it yet. Uh, but the update for this week so, last week, um, I talked about a injury that I have been sort of nursing and dealing with and trying to figure out how to train with it and around it. And so I I am getting this popping in the back of my right knee and it's not completely gone yet. Um, and it does get painful depending, but, um, depending on what I'm doing, but yeah, it's, it's actually doing quite a bit better this week. I was able to do all of my training pain-free. I, you know, learned again, being a chiropractor, sometimes you just learn things (laughs) in your personal experience of why you tell your patients to do certain things. Uh, But I did manage to get some physical care uh, this week with a massage, uh, much, much needed. And then also um, some chiropractic care. And I, you know, my knee is feeling fantastic. So I'm really, really thrilled about that. And then my coach and I also kind of, we, we looked at where I was kind of experiencing the most of my pain and what workouts it was seeming like I was kind of getting a lot of that. And so I'm going to make sure that I go and get a new bike fitting. And, uh, because what can happen sometimes is if your bike isn't quite fitted well, or if something has changed and shifted in the way that you're, uh, you are cycling, it can be really helpful to sometimes get a new bike fit. So, um, they'll look at the way that you, all the angles and all the things of, you know, how you are going through that, those, the, the cycles with the pedals. And so that's, I'll be doing that again. Cause I think that that may be a portion of why this started. Um, so, and then of course with running, uh, I was able to run yesterday, uh, for it, which I hadn't been doing. We had skipped a couple of my really, really long runs, um, a couple of weeks ago, just to make sure that I didn't irritate it again. And I was able to do my second hour 20, uh, run yesterday with, I was averaging, uh, close to eight minute miles, which I'm th- really, really thrilled with, uh, coming off of a couple of weeks of not, uh, doing a whole lot of running, but I'll tell you, I'm in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm in Oregon. And one of the issues that we have here is that it's really, really wet. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it, it does get very, very warm and hot in the summer as well. And, and we'll talk about as the, the weather tends to shift a little bit, what my nutrition and things like that, uh, what I do to sort of 
uh, adapt to that. But yesterday it was 36 degrees out and I thought for sure it was going to start snowing and it was pouring down rain. Uh, and I, I, and it was getting dark. So I, I, you know, I'm a busy person. I had some things going on. So I was, I was running later in the day than I like. And so it got dark. And by that point, my shoes were very, very, very wet. And I was not, um, I had forgotten a flashlight, um, you know, a headlamp. And so I was not able to see some of the puddles and every time that I would run and and step in a puddle and feel it soak my shoes I just was like oh this is so brutal like I just want to stop but I think those are like the things that uh, make training for a triathlon or training for anything big those are just the things that kind of tend to come up and you just you just work your way through them and keep going and and just make it happen. So, uh, ended, it ended up running yesterday at a fairly decent pace and pretty happy with the results of that. So, uh, yeah, so we're moving on into the next week and I'm really excited for this one. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, uh, what we can do. And my, my bikes on Fridays are getting a little bit longer, so they will continue to change and get longer as I go and get closer to the Ironman. But, um, so typically I'm running about an hour, 20 minutes, which will probably become an hour 30 here pretty quick um, on Sundays. And then on Fridays are my big bike rides. So two plus hours. And then I have little things smattered in between there. Um, but one of the things also I wanted to mention before we move on is that we are starting to put my strength training before my runs. And what that's doing in some ways is it's helping to build some of that stability and strength, but also warm up my knees before going for a run. And that seems to be working really, really well. So not, not to forget that strength training and building up that stability and even the mobility, but stability more importantly, especially with the knee. Um, that's been working really, really well. So just to put a particular stress on that, because I know a lot of people like to skip their strength training, but it is very, very, very important. Okay. So let's move in. So to the, to the main part of this podcast. So this is the question I get asked so often is why Ironman? Like what, why would you want to do that? So as, as I talked about in the previous episode, really the thing that has gotten me into a lot of these different sports is just somebody else being like, Hey, do you want to do this? Uh, for example, the CrossFit gym got me into trying the half marathon. And then my dad was the one who found this mock triathlon down here in Portland and was like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to try this and, and see what it's like? And so, but it's interesting because like, I didn't anticipate going any further, right? Like I had mentioned when I was finishing up that mock triathlon that I would never do this again. I think ultimately what my learning from those experiences has sort of brought, brought forward for me is that in each of these endurance races, there's always a challenge. And in many ways, the uh, there's actually quite a few people who do triathlons that are also CEOs of companies, or they are, uh, they're doing something in their life where they're, they're, they're pretty successful, whichever way you want to look at what success looks like, but they they're doing something else. And I think the thing that that I've started to learn over time is that the lessons that you learn in triathlon they pay forward or they show up and they can help you get through other challenges and things that are going on in real in 
life outside of triathlon. Like sometimes um, things apply to business and my practice and what I do and vice versa, right? And so I just, I think it's a really cool way to kind of look at how sport integrates into real life. And that I think is why I'm still so drawn to doing these kind of bigger races. But um, it's almost inevitable in some of these races, too, that something isn't going to go right. And or or just like the distance in and of itself is just so much. And it kind of pushes the boundaries of what you previously knew that you could do. And I think that's really the the intrigue that kind of grabs a hold of you at a certain point and kind of draws you in or at least drew me in. Um, and, but the, like, here's the thing, right? So like I started small, I didn't just like jump straight into try into an Ironman. I, I started with that, those half marathons. Right. And then I kind of grew into the smaller triathlons. And then I was like, okay, I think I can dip my feet in and try this half Ironman in 2019. And that really went and each one of those in many ways was successful. I learned new things. I wasn't trying to do anything crazy, like win anything. I just wanted to finish and see what I could do. And I think that's one of the coolest things is like when you don't know if you can do something, but you decide to just give it a try and give it a go. What you like, what I learned about myself is that I can do it. And I, I, and I also learned a lot about my mindset and where some things with, we'll talk about this um, next week, uh, provided I get through everything today, but next week we'll talk about my first half marathon and where some things really fell apart, especially with my mindset and where I just got really, really frustrated and had to just sort of like overcome that in order to finish out the race. And I, I, we talked about this too, I think previously that we talk about the disciplines as being, you know, your swim, your bike, your run, and then nutrition. But I also feel like in some ways, the minds, your mindset is another discipline, a subset of maybe all of those disciplines that as you find and you push your body to its limits, you start to get really um, aware of how you how your your mind is dealing with everything, uh, and sometimes those are the trickier ones to overcome. Sometimes the physical stuff is one thing, but when your when your brain and your thoughts start to kind of tank a little bit and get on the negative side, you need to have some sort of skills and tools to get you back to focusing on whatever it is that you need to that pulls you out of that because your brain and your mind can really pull you down as, as quickly as, as you started. So, uh, anyway, so that, that's, you know, what I wanted to talk about. And then also that's, this is right. I wanted to talk about this too. So my half, my half marathon, I, I'm, or my half Ironman, I'm, I'm excited to talk with you guys about that, <clears throat> excuse me, next week. Um, but one of the things that also kind of fills out why Ironman is that when I crossed that finish line, when you cross the finish line after doing a half Ironman, they say, welcome back, Kirsten Lauritsen. They say, welcome back, and then your name. And I remember bending down thinking like, holy moly, I can't believe I just did this. And then replaying those words in my brain. And as I'm hearing, you know, other people coming in and they're saying, welcome back. So-and-so or congratulations. So-and-so you are an iron man. And I remember like looking up at my husband and thinking and saying out loud, Oh, they don't, they say that, you know, they only say you are an Ironman when you actually finish like the full distance Ironman. And I looked at them and I was like, I'm going to have to do it. 
<laughs> like I'm really going to have to do that in order to hear those words. Cause I, I, there's something about it that I just, once you start out on this journey, it just, it, it kind of gets under your skin. You know, there's, you can't really control it. It's just, you got to do it. Uh, and I would say too, I mean, I have I, always thought how cool it would be, especially when you watch just how amazing those athletes are that are able to make it to Kona. I've always thought it would be so cool to do that, but I'm sort of in a place right now where I'm, I'm, I just want to finish that first Ironman and see how I do <laughs> and then decide from there. Because in many ways, when you, when you make a goal, like trying to get to Kona, especially as like an age group athlete versus like a pro athlete, there's, it, it just requires a, a, a bit more time and a bit more work and also probably several more years of training in this. And so it's just deciding what, what I want to do. But first I'm pretty, I'm pretty practical. I want to try it first and see, see how it all goes. And then also my sister-in-law really wants me to do an ultra marathon with her. So I'm sure there's at least a 50 K in my future, but <laughs> we'll see, <clears throat> we'll see how it goes. But it's, it's really kind of crazy how these endurance sports really aren't just about training and the physical work that really goes into it, but there's almost always an opportunity to overcome a challenge. Like sometimes, uh, like I've heard of many, many people, saying that they lost their carb drink water bottle, you know, on the bumpy roads. And one of the challenges with that is that it, many times, yes, the courses will have nutrition on course, but if you are used to, and we'll talk about this in a future episode with nutrition, but if you are used to training and you're used to your nutrition that you've practiced over your season, uh, your training season, it can be a little bit nerve wracking to want to, to even just try what they have on course, because you don't know how it's going to affect your gut. You don't know how your body's going to respond to it. And oftentimes it's really, really important that you get a certain amount of carbohydrates in, in a certain amount of time. And that is extremely important. And if you don't know how your body's going to respond to what they have on the course, it can just be it can be really, um, it can cause a little bit of anxiety. So those are the types of challenges, you know, that you end up facing beyond just having to try to like get through the race. Right. Or maybe like your tire pops on your bike or something goes wrong with your bike, which I had happened to me in my half Ironman. So it's just things like that, that you, you get to, to work through and overcome and it just shows how much you really can do. And I think that's the really big draw of like, why would you want to try an Ironman for me? So now I would really like to dive in a little bit into what it was like training through 2020, because I think that there, I saw, I actually saw it both in my practice and also in kind of the world around me, because I follow a lot of people in this triathlon world. And it was very interesting because it sort of broke into two subsets of people. You had one group that was like, okay, we are going to feel all the feels, but we are going to adapt. We're going to evolve. We're going to figure out how to make this work. We're just going to keep moving forward in whatever way that that works. And then I was listening to somebody say, sometimes all you have to do is focus on just being better today than you were yesterday. And Oftentimes that doesn't mean you have to, you know, PR, but it means that you show up for your workout, right? You show up for your training. 
make sure you get it done and just give your best effort that you have for that day. Make sure that you go to bed at the time that you need to go to bed at because you need to get those hours of sleep that you need. Make sure that you get your nutrition in. You know, it's just it's just making these small steps towards being better today than you were yesterday. And then there was another group of people that kind of fell apart. They so I don't know if it's because they got wrapped up in a lot of the things that were happening in 2020, or it just, it was that one extra thing that once things started getting shut down and closed, just everything sort of just dropped out from underneath them. And I think, I, I think that the reason why I really wanted to talk about training through 2020 is that it didn't merely, it doesn't really matter which, which group you were in. I think both, if it, both had to figure out how they were going to move forward. And that just depended on the person. But I want to talk about how I was able to move forward through 2020, because I had several things happen in the last year that were major bumps in the road. And overcoming some of them was trickier than I thought. So I, and I actually haven't talked about some of these things to many people, especially on a podcast, but I would really like to discuss them today because I think it's part of seeing how real training for anything is, especially triathlon, and that we are all real people that go through real things. So I committed to doing my first Ironman race back in February of 2020. Uh, it, in 2019, in June, I had done the Whistler half Ironman and I just, I was still training afterwards, but I just really hadn't quite committed to which race I wanted to do. And I didn't really know, you know, I, I ended up learning, I was speaking for, for a, um, a uh, nonprofit and somebody was there that had done, Oh gosh, I think like 36 Ironmans up at that point. And he, and I said, well, what race would you do? I've been thinking about the St. George, Utah one. I've been thinking about this one and da da da. And he goes, Oh, you need to do the Santa Rosa Ironman in California because it's a gorgeous course. You'll love it. Uh, so that's the one that I signed up for. Well, <laughs> that's the one that ended up getting canceled at the end of the year. And so I've had to then reschedule and get shifted into a new one. Um, and that's what shifted me into the Coeur d'Alene, Idaho one. But it's a big disappointment that I've felt through the last year or so, just because I really was looking forward to that Santa Rosa race. And they just decided not to offer it there anymore. Um, they moved it to, I think, Sacramento. Um, so it was a bit, a bit of a bummer that uh, I didn't get to experience that. But that's okay. We're going to do the Coeur d'Alene one. And I've heard it is an epic race. And it's super fun. And it's really well known. So I'm and it's a good race. So I'm really looking forward to that. But what happened was, is that in March, especially here in Portland and in Oregon, they shut down everything. So once COVID really hit, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a coach at that time. I, uh, all of the gyms, everything was shut down. Even my practice actually, for the most part, shut down because we were only allowed to treat if it was an emergency. So there's a lot of unknowns and that can be extremely stressful. And I know that there are, are likely people listening to this that lost their jobs in 2020. And there were a lot of just really stressful times through 2020. And I feel for all of you because I do really know whatever like I, I we all went through a lot last year um, and it was hard to overcome but what happened was is I my sister also decided to train for this Ironman with me and she had a coach she had she knew somebody through her CrossFit world um, and so she was working with the coach that I work with now 
and, and I was looking at her, she was posting some of her trainings and things like that. And I was like, you know, I feel like I need to be doing workouts that look a little bit more like that. So I reached out to him around May or June and got started with him started training and started going through, uh, starting to really build up what I wish that I had started sooner, but you know, there are no going back. It's just always moving forward. And at that point too, my July race had been rescheduled to October. So I was like, okay, I've got like four months. And he was like, yes, you can do it, but it may not be as pretty as you'd like. (laughs) And I knew that I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I understood what, what that was. Of course, now it's been rescheduled to June of this year. So I've had plenty of time to work on really building up and getting really prepared for this race, which I'm actually quite thrilled with looking back in hindsight. Okay. But here's kind of the bigger piece of where some things started to fall apart. So in May, in June, I had a physical and, um, everything was cleared. Everything was fine. And then it was a couple of weeks later that I, um, had the worst, what I thought was the worst period of my life. Um, and I, I hope that this is a place that is open for, um, I think if you haven't listened to the mums, the word podcast, I would love for you to go and check that out here on Wisp sports, because they talk about a lot of different aspects of what it's like, um, training through pregnancy, training through, um, and just different aspects of being a mom, um, and training. But I ended up actually experiencing a miscarriage. I didn't know that I was pregnant. I know we were not trying. Um, but I ended up in the hospital because I had bled for 10 days. I had severe clotting, um, and was basically hemorrhaging every night. Um, but it was a controlled hemorrhage, right? So the, the, what happens with the uterus is when it builds up all of that tissue because it's trying because the egg has been implanted. It then, if it doesn't um, move forward, if that pregnancy doesn't move forward, then the um, the lining sheds. So it becomes basically like a controlled hemorrhage of blood. Um, so that's essentially what was happening. But it was going on for so long that I eventually took a pregnancy test and realized that, oh, (laughs) I was in fact um, experiencing a miscarriage, which led me to the hospital because the bleeding wasn't stopping. And so I went through a, um, um, an emergency ultrasound in the emergency room, spent all day there. And at the end of it, they said, so you, it looks like you had an ectopic pregnancy, which means that the, the egg um, was uh, in potentially in one of the fallopian tubes between where your ovaries and your uterus is, there are little tubes that drop the eggs into the uterus. Um, but every once in a while, and it's becoming, I think a little bit more common now, but sometimes what can happen is the egg actually just stays in the fallopian tubes and that can become a life threatening situation. So, uh, after that ultrasound, I had two choices and this is why I wanted to talk about this today is because I had two choices. At that time in, um, in the beginning of July, I was still looking at the potential of racing in October. And my options were this, I either could take a medication that was basically like a cancer med, med. Um, it's basically like chemo that helps to stop cells from dividing. And that was going to potentially be a three month process And I was going to have to come in and I could not train because 
again, if the cells are dividing and they're getting bigger and bigger, it can burst that fallopian tube and become a life-threatening situation. So I was not going to be allowed to train and I didn't really have very many options in that case. My other option was to go through a, a surgery that evening where they would go through and take everything and, and, um, that would be that. So after a bit of going back and forth and not really sure what to do, and trying to think about what was realistic, I ended up going through the surgery to get it all cleared out and be able to move forward. It was going to be about a two week recovery period. And I was going to be able to start gently getting back into training again. And so that's the decision that I made. And that was a really, really hard one to go through because, um, you know, I was, I was really hoping that I, I was hoping at that point that I would be training quite rigorously to try to get prepared, um, and to have something like that kind of pop up a week before when the original date of the Ironman or the, of the Ironman was supposed to be, it just was like, it was just so much to process at the time, but you know, we, I overcame it. We, we kept moving forward. Um, and, and I'm not even going to go into like miscarriage for many people is different. Um, there's, there's some emotional pieces that come with that. There's the physical pieces. And I, I still have the scars like on my belly, um, from it, which was very, it's been a very interesting journey to try to work out and figure out like what, how I have that felt about the whole thing. But I almost was really thankful that when they rescheduled the October Ironman for this year in 2021, that I would have more time to be able to train after it taking about a month to really get back into full training. But I did, my coach had put together a, um, a basically water to mountain mini triathlon. It was almost like a half Ironman. It was, it was pretty close, but it was swim a mile. And this was a month later. And I said, well, I'll come up, I'll come do it. And I, I still can't believe I decided to do it. I put myself in the craziest situation sometimes, but it was swim a mile, which I did. It was bike. Um, it was close to 40 miles. I ended up only doing 30 and then getting a ride to the top on the last 10, just because my body was just not it's interesting the the kind of the when you hit your limit what that looks like and then i finished out the last 6 miles with them running around the top of mount um mount baker uh yeah up in washington and it was it was it was actually a very fun day i i realized how quickly your body can can come back from things like that uh but it also gave me some confidence too that you know i was headed in the right direction things were going okay and i knew that i was going to be able to to do this um at whatever point that was going to come up so uh, you know, we've been keeping on moving forward. And then I don't know if some of you have heard, but in October, or yeah, it was in October or November, we had, uh, yeah, September, October, we had major fires here in Oregon. And that shut down everything as well. Because at the time I was, and I, I forgot about this, over the summer, I was training uh, as best as I could, but I was, I was going out um, 45 minutes to a town outside of, to a county in a town that was outside of the major closures in Oregon, in the main, like Portland area. I was, I was driving 45 minutes one way to get to a pool to swim. I mean, really like the extent of, of what 
I was willing to do and am willing to do to try to make this happen and to be as successful as possible is pretty astounding. <laughs> but yeah, I was in the, during the summer, I was driving 45 minutes out of my way to try to get to a pool. Um, and still it, with the recent closures here, our pools are still closed down. So I'm not even swimming right now because it's just, you know, what it is. But, um, back in September, we had these massive fires, um, and they, they closed down a lot of things, wasn't able to train because of the smoke. It was so bad. It was so toxic that it was just hard just to even breathe. So there were a lot of things that we that had we kind of had to overcome in 2020. And I wanted to talk, uh, just say briefly why it was so helpful to have a coach because, you know, I've, I've definitely done races where I've used like an online platform, um, and just followed their training and stuff like that. But one of the benefits of having a coach is that you get to talk to them. And you get to say, Hey, like, this is what's happening. I don't know, you know, what to do in this scenario. And they just get to tell you like, okay, why don't you try this? Or why don't you try that? And, and instead of it being all in your head of you trying to figure it out, it's just nice to have somebody that can say, I'd like you to do this, or, Hey, you need to make sure you're getting your trainings done, or, Hey, you need to make sure you're getting your running done. Um, and they can just help push you and guide you in ways that you might not be able to push yourself. So uh, the, yeah, that's that's uh, the journey of training through 2020. And now we're in 2021 and there's still closures and there's still things that we're trying to work through. But we are moving forward and still training for that um, Coeur d'Alene Iron, Ironman in, in, uh, in the end of June. So I hope that in this episode, at least, it gives you a picture of that, that triathlon or just training for sport or some type of what race or anything like that fits into real life. It's not just about, you know, these, I, I don't want to glamorize this in the sense that like, it's, it's easy to do. Like I don't, I, but I also think that you can do it. You can absolutely do it. You just have to decide like, okay, I think this is what I want to do. And then just find the people and the resources that you need to help you get it done and understand that like life does happen, but you can still do it. And, and that's what I hope that you take away from this episode. So that's our episode for now. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to follow Wisp Sports on all social media channels and make sure to share this episode, please, with anyone you think might find it helpful or might love it. It really helps. And if, if, you, if you liked the episode, if you could leave us a review, that would, be, that would help us get this out to, to more people. You can also follow me at Dr. Kirsten, uh, and that's D-R-K-I-R-S-T-I-N on Facebook and Instagram and drkirsten.com. And if you'd like to reach us with any comments or questions about this episode, you can at info at wispsports.com. And of course, you can always leave a direct message with either of us uh, uh, if you have questions too. So thank you for listening. And next week, I will be back to talk about my first half Ironman experience, the ups and downs and the successes and some things I've, I've taken away that I need to work on. And that's what we'll be going over next week. So thanks for listening and we'll see you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.